This is the North Georgia Life Podcast. Embrace life where you live. Welcome to the North Georgia Life Podcast. Jake, your host. In today's episode, if you have that person in the family, maybe a extended family member, when they come to town, they don't want to do anything because they know it all and they've seen it all, or maybe they're just not thrilled by going bowling or things of that nature, this is where you need to take them. It's the Nora Mill Granary, which is just on the outskirts of downtown Helen. This place I mean, you just talk about absolutely fascinating, absolutely fascinating. This has been there. You talk about something that in in our region has stood the test of time for literally centuries now. You know, not just decades, but going on centuries now. The people who have been through this property include U.S. presidents. The demand for the products that come out of this unsuspecting little barn building on the side of the highway right on the side of the river going into helen uh, are in high demand from people of the likes of shaquille o'neal you talk about a absolute hidden treasure and staple at the same time it is this facility now i had not tried in full disclosure i had not tried some of their products prior to going there. When we went there, uh, as with a lot of the places I go, I like to bring souvenirs home for the family and that sort of thing. My wife absolutely loves grits. Oh my goodness. Like, it's just, um, we, we all just need to pause and have a little moment. If you have not had Normel grits, it'll change your world. Take it from me. I grew up outside of Philadelphia. I had absolutely no interest in grits. The first time I had grits, I I don't know how to say this. I thought a lot less of people in the South. I don't know. I don't know the nice way of saying it. I was like, y'all need like y'all y'all need some better food down here. Do you like you see, I've I've kind of been converted. Like I, there's a there's a little twang in there. Uh, so you know, just back up off me a minute. And then I had Charleston grits. In Charleston, shrimp and grits. I don't even know the restaurant it was. Some Irish restaurant, I think it was. Um, and absolutely changed my perspective and my world as it relates to grits going past that. The Nora Mill grits are insanely good. I mean, it's until I had them, I'm like, you know, you'll hear about it in the interview. The likes of Shaquille O'Neal out in L.A., is demanding his food supplier get Nora Mill grits shipped out to LA to his restaurant, and you you know it doesn't really make sense until you try them, and you're then you're like, oh I get it, you know it's like, oh that's perfect sense, and it is you talk about old fashioned. Hey look, if you've got uh, engineers in the family, you've got people who. Uh, are, you know, there's people who's just, are they're always reading books or they're always watching stuff on the History Channel or doing things like that, and they're just not interested in, in some of the other things that are maybe pop culture or whatever. Hey, this is a great field trip to take them on, whether they're local and they're a relative or it's a family member who's coming in from out of town for a holiday or something like that. You need to take them up to Helen to the Normill Granary. Again, we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for all of you who are sharing the podcast with your friends, coworkers, your neighbors. We are just so excited to be hearing from people periodically that are are new to the area 
or really kind of getting plugged in to um, some of the locally owned small businesses that are in our region that we're featuring, it is a great way to connect with new people, to build friendships, and frankly, as we're all becoming more and more cognizant of supporting our locally owned businesses. And this is one of those, while it is uh, literally generations old, it is still a locally owned small business and is somewhere you need to get to. You know how to find us online, Facebook, Instagram, North Georgia Life Podcast. You can email us always at Podcast at gmail.com for episodes, uh, information, suggestions on future episodes, anything like that. And with that, we will get started. Welcome to the North Georgia Life Podcast. It's Jake, your host, and we are here today at one of probably one of the more fascinating locations in the North Georgia region that I've been to. And it's one of those things that is, people say things are timeless. This is literally timeless because we are at a location that is going on almost 200 years old and it is still in operation. And not only is it in operation, but it is growing to where we are sending stuff out to the better part of the United States and to very high-end places from kind of an unsuspecting location right here in Helen, Georgia. So we are at the Nora Mills Granary, which is right as you come into uh, downtown Helen, you'll see it. It's a very unassuming uh, old barn-looking building right on the river. But there's a great story behind this, and we're going to get into this, some of that today. So we are here with Tommy the Miller, but not Tommy Miller. <laughs> so, Tommy, uh, thanks for taking your time. Thanks for coming, Jake. So, Tommy, I don't even know where to begin as far as the story itself, because this story of this location goes back to the 1800s. Right. So, I guess let's start there. Okay. Well, first of all, my name's Tommy Martin. I've been working for this family since the middle 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, this family that that's that runs the mill now has been here since the middle 70s okay the mill goes back to 1876 this section the section next to us was 1824 okay there was uh uh, daniel brown built that mill in the 1820s and john martin came in with uh captain nichols bought a thousand acres from the brown family and john martin bought a thousand acres but he bought the mill Mm. with the thousand acres and he built a huge gold mining hydraulic gold mining company uh-huh. and became very prosperous and they started talking about outlawing the hydraulic gold mining and mm-hmm. john wanted to build something that was going to make him money and he built this huge mill now he was the story goes that he was a miller from california to move here to hydraulic gold mine okay all right so he knew what a water turbine was. Uh-huh. This is not a paddle wheel. It's a cast iron turbine from 1876, Rome, Georgia. It uh, works off of water pressure. Mm-hmm. And so many people think of a pa- uh, old water-powered mill, they think of a paddle wheel. Right. And paddle wheels were not invented, or turbines were not invented to uh, generate electricity. They were invented 60 years before electricity replaced paddle wheels. Wow. With a higher efficiency rate. Huh. And this mill was just state-of-the-art. And there's elevator cups and grain elevators. And the elevator cup system was invented by a gentleman named Oliver Evans in George Washington's day. Oh, wow. The first automated mill you used to have to carry. And there was a lot of little mills that didn't have the money that this man had. And they had to carry the corn to the hopper. They had to pick up the 
ground product and process that where ours is grain going up and down elevator cups moving it by the hmm. by the grain elevators huh. and the stones that we have came from the Marne river valley in france 1876 and as time went along captain nichols was getting old and he wound up selling i mean john martin wound up selling it to captain nichols mm -hmm. and captain nichols farm is the hardman farm down here uh -huh. at the state park now yep. Well, the Hardmans came in in 1902 and bought the 2,000 acres from Captain Nichols. Gotcha. Captain Nichols bought it from John Martin. They rejoined the 2,000 acres that Daniel Brown originally had. Mm -hmm. Well, the Hardmans bought it, and the Hardmans owned it, but they were a very wealthy family, and they didn't want to work as hard as some of the millers have to work. And uh, <laughs> so they leased the building to different individuals. And when you lease the mill... You lease 300 acres in the house across the street. It's called the Martin House. Uh -huh. And John Martin and Tommy Martin are not related that I know of. Okay. It's, and just, it's just my last name's the same as the man that, came, that built the mill. But over the years, different families, you may have came in here and leased the mill for 15 years, and the next guy leased it for three. Yeah. So different people lived here and ran the mill and lived across the street up until... The Fain family that I work for, Ron, okay. Ron Fain. And Ron got this going for his father, born in 1897, George Fain Sr. And I've been fortunate enough to work for George Fain Sr., Ron Fain, Joanne Fain, Tarpley, his daughter. Mm -hmm. And now I'm working for her son, Joe Vandergriff, the fourth generation. Wow. And uh, they're a very good family. They've been here for a long time. And Ron was a lieutenant colonel. And he was a very smart businessman. And today we have the internet, websites, all kinds of ways of reaching out to people from nowhere. Well, back in the old days, our recipe cards had a mail order form on the back. Hmm. So when they, a tourist came in and bought a bag, took it home, they could fill out a form, write a check, and send it to us. And we've been shipping here since the middle 70s. Wow. And it's just grown. We've shipped all over the country. Uh, the water power... I do uh, every weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, some weekends I do have a weekend off mm -hmm. every now and then. <laughs> and uh, But uh, if the river's too high, I can't grind on the water power. And if the river's too low, I've been here since the 80s. And it's been nine years that we didn't have enough water coming down the Chattahoochee River. Wow. So we they used to have a big motor and a tractor that would run the belts and the pulleys and, uh -huh. and uh, we converted all that we don't use the big millstones when it's not raining mm -hmm. we have a 1950 model mill upstairs that we purchased mm -hmm. because we have so many different customers we send for anywhere from 15 to 2,000 pounds a month to new york wow uh, the shrimp and grit craze is just going crazy in this country yeah, right New now. New Englanders finally got it. Well, it took them putting <laughs> shrimp on the grits before they'd eat them. And, uh, and we have mom-and-pop restaurants in Maryland that's been buying from us for 30, 40 years. Oh, wow. And, uh, and there's places all across the country. And I mentioned earlier that Shaquille O'Neal opened up his first restaurant in L.A. Yeah. Uh, across from the Staples Center called Shaquille's. And... Uh, U.S. Food caters his business. Yeah, well, and Shaquille O'Neal told U.S. Foods that he wanted Normal Grits. Well, they don't sell Normal Grits. Shaquille <laughs> says, well, I'm not buying your grits. He says, I want Normal Grits. So U.S. Foods called about uh, seven months ago and set up an account just for Shaq. Wow. And uh, 
and we send <laughs> 20 30 pounds a week out there to him that's amazing and, uh, but he's never been in here that i know of but like i say, I say you'd know if he came in oh yeah <laughs> well uh we send a ton of months to vegas really we have food distributors that buy large quantities from yeah. us and our product is a whole grain product and that's one of the things that's night and day difference when you eat quick grits that you right. buy in the grocery store they've been de-germinated mass produced mm-hmm. ours is we're able to grind the oil mm-hmm. mass production they had to take the germ out of our grains to mass produce and that's why the word enriched was invented right but ours is whole grain the farmers did not want we have there was four roller mills here from the late 1800s okay that produced 28 times the grain per day that the millstones would hmm. but the farmers did not want theirs dissected degerminated mass produced and it was 1940 before they ever started putting vitamins and minerals in our food again yeah the word enriched was not invented for us it was invented for the military hmm. well when you cook quick grits and put shrimp on them and when you cook Nora meal grits and put shrimp on them it's a night and day difference mm-hmm. and now up north they broke through their phobia their grit phobia yeah and now they're eating grits now yeah but uh i classify myself as a grit counselor yeah because i walk a lot of northerners through their fear of grits it's, it's just amazing how the word grits is a uh, slang from and it, it happened years ago years oh, ago man. it was uh poor people and slaves could go into the meal used to when you sifted cornmeal, you sifted it through a screen, and there was a little piece of corn that would not fit through the screen. Uh-huh. And that was a byproduct of cornmeal. Uh-huh. Because poor people could go into the mill and buy 50 pounds of that byproduct for the same price as a small bag of cornmeal. Hmm. Those were called grits. A grit is just a sized particle of anything. Right. They sell sandpaper in different sized grits. Right. A grit that we eat, grits... It's just a certain size particle of corn. Mm. Well, because it was called byproduct, people up north thought we was eating hog feed uh. and chicken feed because it was a byproduct. Right. And it was just a healthy way of, it was a whole grain product. Mm-hmm. And poor people were able to survive. Mm-hmm. And that's why there was a stigma involved. See, they will eat polenta, mm-hmm. which are grits. Right. The cornmeal are grits. Mm-hmm. It's just a different size grit. Yeah. And uh, but because it's called grits, they they wouldn't touch them for years right. because of that stigma involved in it. Now a lot of people come in here and say I ate grits one time and didn't like them. Mm-hmm. Swore I'd never eat another one. And but they ate Waffle House processed food, right? Not stone ground whole grain <laughs> grits. So we have samples out for the tourists to try. Yeah. And uh, people come in, and it's just night and day different. You see a lot of eyebrows getting raised, I bet. Well, we have a lot of tour buses during uh, peak season. Yeah. Our Oktoberfest is really, really popular right, here. Right. And uh, But during Thanksgiving and Christmas is our busiest time of year mm. because of, of Christmas gifts. We mm-hmm. have families all across the country. We have companies that send their employees, all their, their, all their employees. Mm. Uh, and you have anything from a $20 gift to a... 150 family package Mm -hmm. and we do a lot between thanksgiving and christmas for christmas gifts and uh but the family that's been doing this that i work for are real proud of their product Mm -hmm. 
And I've, I've been doing this. I speak on the weekends. Now, tomorrow I'll be grinding on the water power. Okay. And I had a couple little girls that come in a while ago, six, seven years old, that I let them help me get corn over there. And, mm-hmm. and they just have a blast where they're coming back tomorrow while I'm grinding so they yeah. can help me again. And I love to educate people and and just talk about history and mm-hmm. and just and, and I learn so much from other people mm-hmm. telling me a story. And mm-hmm. I get a lot of old timers that come in that talk about going to the mill when they were little and and uh and it's just a real uh, passion for me i just love yeah. talking to people and i love educating yeah and i love history and uh but so the the millstones that are out here those those came here from france uh-huh. and they're the original ones that were here well the quality of the stone was significant yeah you had to have seen, money seen a few miles well, you had to have money to buy the French stones. So there, there's quarries all over France, and uh, you want the pink granite that came from the Marne River Valley. Hmm. Those particular stones are a higher quality of granite, and, and and you know women are learning more about granite today because of granite countertops, right? And they know that different types of granite come from all different places in the world, right? Well, it was the same back then with the grinding stones. Now okay. there was quarries now in north carolina that we didn't know we had hmm. in 1800s that's good was putting out some good pink granite right now yeah could have saved just, on some shipping back then <laughs> well and it would but the the quality and the hardness is still not pink granite from the Marne river gotcha. Valley. the greek and romans uh started finding stones that did not break apart hmm. the groove patterns on the millstones out here greek and roman hmm. uh when I'm grinding, I'm smelling of the ground product to make sure that I don't smell any grindstone. Mm. If the stones ever touch, you won't get rocks in your grist. It's a misconception that mm. particles of rock are getting in. There was a part of history, but that was 2000. That was the Egyptians and the indigenous Indians that that mm-hmm. was happening to. Mm-hmm. The Greeks and Romans started finding stones that did not break apart. Okay. However, if they touch for an extended period of time, it will eventually wear down the groove patterns Mm -hmm. over an extended period of time but you don't want that to happen so you smell of the grounds the ground product to make sure you don't smell any grindstone Mm -hmm. the only way to make the stones last is by keeping your nose to the grindstone (laughs) stay focused and everything will be all right there's a rhythm sound there's a piece of metal spinning in the center of the millstones that's called uh, a damsel Hmm. by the greek and romans they invented that and it's hitting the little, it's called a shoe, and it vibrates and knocks the corn into the hole. That's the only way to regulate the flow of corn. Uh-huh. Well, that rhythm is making a rhythm sound, and I listen to that rhythm all day long. Hmm. George Fane Sr., born in 1897, was sitting in a rocking chair on the other side of the mill, rocking to that rhythm. And he'd look at me and say, boy, your corn's getting low over there. How about that? And I'd go over there and look, and the corn was low. He said, no matter where you're at in this mill, you listen to your damsel. This world would be a lot better place if every man listened to their damsel like I listened to mine. <laughs> he says, if you're standing on the other side of that meal and that rhythm changes, you go running, your damsel's in distress. So that so so keeping your nose to the nose to the grindstone and damsel in distress have both come from, from this a meal. Industry. Right. How now, about that? The the damsel in distress that we know of with a, a princess or right. a fairy tales. That came out of the 1300s. Mm-hmm. Well, 1300 years before that, the Greek and Romans invented the damsel for the millstone. Wow. 
So the first time Damsel in Distress was written down, it was in the Canterbury Tales in the 1300s. How about that? But there's just so many sayings that come out of the old mills. And, wow. And there's different things that I talk about all the time while I'm here. But the key is to not get all wrapped up in the nostalgia and everything sure. that goes around because you're this close to some of the best cornmeal and best grits that you're ever going to put in your mouth. And we have everything from moonshine jelly mm-hmm. to pickled jalapenos you yeah. know and the thing is is uh, you know i can't mess with the moonshine i'm allergic to moonshine okay i break out in handcuffs every time i drink that stuff so, <laughs> <laughs> so i had to quit drinking moonshine years ago but uh but there's a lot of good stuff to see and, uh, and i love uh just like i say just bring your kids if you have a group of more than 12 and would like to come in and do a special grinding during the week. I very rarely grind on the old stones unless I have tour buses or a group right. coming. I okay. do school groups, church groups, retirement communities, and just give us a couple of two or three weeks head start. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm not working that particular day during the week, I come in and do a special grinding for those groups. Okay. And uh, so all the all the ordering that uh, you've taken over the the years that you've been here. Just curiosity question. I'm certain that Shaquille O'Neal is not making those phone calls himself, uh, but have you ever gotten to meet or talk to any of the household names that people know? Well, um, there's been a lot of people that's come in here over the years. Uh, before Herbert Hoover was president, he inspected our meal. Really? Uh, there was a white biscuit showing up in Washington, D.C., and there weren't bleaching flour back then. And Herbert Hoover came, and he was the Secretary of Commerce at the time, hmm. and he came down to inspect what was going on, and they were grinding rice and making a rice flour, and it was white. Huh. And that's how they got a white biscuit instead of the grayish brown mm-hmm. of the whole wheat. And uh, uh, But now we've, I've met a few people that's come in, uh, and there's been a lot of celebrities come through Helen. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kenny Bergamy from the Georgia Farm Monitor, tv station okay. the farm bureau and i didn't i didn't know kenny at the time i just give tours to people and i just yeah. talk to people like i've known them my whole life and, yeah and kenny called back and uh talked to joe and uh joe asked him if we'd come up and do a segment on us mm-hmm. and, well when kenny came he's maybe you'll remember me from now on when i leave and because uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if it offended him that i didn't know who he was yeah yeah but uh but I meet a lot of people like that, and then they, you know, uh, two months, three months later, they call and yeah. say, "Can we do a segment with yeah. you?" And, and uh, you've been, and this this mill and the the products from this mill, uh, you're telling me you've been on Food Network. Food Network. I mean, you've been Farm Monitor. Yeah. Uh, Tokyo flew a crew out here really? from Japan, and they did a, like a 12-15 minute segment, and it was on VHS stored at my in a box at my father's house. Okay. I've got to dig it out. And uh, but it's uh, they probably did one of the best segments on us. Mm. So let's go into uh, just for a quick second into the the corn that you're using to mill. Okay, that's been grown locally for a long time. No, we or, used to. Uh, that's it, from Kentucky. Uh, all of okay. our corn comes from Southern Kentucky. Okay, over the years we were using local farmers, and uh, a lot of people don't really they hear GMO, non-GMO. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't realize that I have people that grow open pollinated, genetically uh, non-GMO, 
but they don't dry it special. They, you have to dry it to kill the aflatoxin. There's mm-hmm. an invisible mold that forms under the shuck. Mm-hmm. And over the years of us buying from local farmers, it just wasn't the, the quality we wanted. So we found this farm. farm uh, we tried to find some food-grade corn in Georgia, but all the food-grade farmers, which are very rare, mm-hmm. are, are contracted out. Hmm. So we found a family in southern Kentucky, and it's the same corn eight months from now, three years from now. They're not going to swap corn because the guy told them you get a better bushel right. per acre. Right. And it's going to be guaranteed the same corn. Mm-hmm. And we have to have a, cert- a certificate of analysis today. Back when we started doing this with them, we, we, we weren't required. Right. And uh, one day the state of Georgia pulled up and said that we all going to have to have a certificate of analysis, and we had a file cabinet full of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a higher quality of corn. Mm-hmm. The family that's been growing corn, they've been doing it since 1920, 100 years this year. Wow. And uh, so it's a, it's a four or five generation family that grows corn. And we get transfer truck hauls down here to our farm where we have storage capacity for mm-hmm. about 100,000 pounds of corn. Wow. And I just go back and forth as we need it with a 6,000 pound dump truck. Wow. But it's the old timey field corn. It's white dent and yellow dent. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really good quality of corn. It's a high grade and the drying process, they have to take it off the field. You have to leave it on to dry to 16% moisture content. Mm-hmm. And most farmers let mother nature dry it to 16. Mm-hmm. That's where the mold. That's where the mold comes uh-huh. in. So ours has to be taken off at 27% moisture content off the field, still uh-huh. hard, but it has to be dried to 16 to kill that aflatoxin. Okay. And, and it makes a higher quality, but it's a, it costs more because of that drying sure. process. Sure. But it's just a really neat process. and. And I explain a lot of that, and there's a lot of things that's going on today with propaganda, mm-hmm. and it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there's meal companies that tell you to buy a meal because your, your grains start oxidization immediately upon grinding. Mm-hmm. Well, there's meals does. They're, they're, they don't tell you it's their meal that does it. Yeah. The old, <laughs> the old stones don't do it. Hmm. But the way you buy in the grocery store is just so many chemicals in our food now yeah. in the grocery store. And ours is just pure corn. The grits are pure corn. The cornmeal makes some of the best cornbread. And and we're going to get this same corn eight months from now, three years from now. So yeah. you'll get the same consistent product over yeah. and over. And, and that farm's been making the same corn for 100 years. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty special. Yeah. And they are really good people. And... But like I say, there's just so much involved. It, but you can go to normeal.com mm-hmm. and pull it up on online, and there's all kinds of order forms and different things that you can use to. Uh, and Christmas time, we have a some discounts that you can buy special sure. things and get sure. some. You have any? Uh, so you've been here how long now? Since '89. '89. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any best memories? Favorite stories? Things you. You've told a thousand times. Well, you know, it's it's hard to be as enthusiastic at four o'clock as it is at nine <laughs> o'clock in the morning, but I do a pretty good job. But I I have kids that would come that came in here years ago mm-hmm. that are bringing their kids in here wow. to see me, and mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest thrills that I have mm-hmm. is when you can see a little girl who's got an engineer's mind that looks at all the gears and pulleys mm-hmm. turning and everything's running and you can they just stand in there at all 
and when I spend a few minutes with them, it's just amazing how uninformed yeah. Americans are on the old-timey ways of doing yeah. things. And it's not nothing wrong. I'm 62 years old this year, and there's folks my age that have never seen anything like this. Right, and I've right. just fortunately been around it since yeah. I was a little boy. I've plowed mules. i milked cows. I've done things that a lot mm-hmm. of people my age haven't done. Mm-hmm. And to see, But to see the kids get wrapped up we had i had this little six-year-old girl seven-year-old girl come in and i was showing her the pulleys and i told them you know study your math this is why the different size pulleys make different things spin different Mm -hmm. speed and and i always try to you know promote georgia tech when i'm doing this and i (laughs) and uh especially if their parents are wearing a georgia bulldog hat and uh so i tell the little kids study your math real good because this is you know uh, when you go to Georgia Tech, you want to <laughs> be up to date on your math. Well, the little girl, I run off, and the mother come up. She says, she's really not that good in math, and she's not really mechanically inclined. And a year passed, and the mother come in. She says, what did you do to my daughter? Oh, wow. Everything math, everything mechanical, the little girl was interested in. Her math excelled. Mm. And you know, and I'm not claiming credit, but it's just right. when when the student uh, appears, you know, you can start really yeah. touch them, and and that's one of the things that really makes my day is to to see the kids get excited, mm-hmm. and, and of course by doing that, the parents get excited. That's right. That's right. And when people come into the the location here, you've got the merchandise out the product out but you've also i mean you can look at right before your eyes the actual mechanics of Mm. the mill the components Mm -hmm. all the things it's like kind of walking almost through a museum it's like walking back in time and it's it's literally right in that white little white unassuming building right right on the side of the road and by the river and there's mills across the country that will not let you see the millstones unless you pay an admission mm-hmm. they have a store to sure. sell their product sure. and then you have to pay to go back there and they, like, ours like, is all right here together it's like an amusement park yeah come come ride the ride and then go exit through the gift shop but it's just really amazing how um educational it is and and how how much people think a certain thing about products or history and they really don't realize the time periods of that history right i knew i studied it but i didn't know that happened two thousand years ago right and um but it's just really neat to see the kids and that's my that's my thing now the fourth generation there's like four or five grandkids and now they all got babies and Mm -hmm. and they're coming in and they get around the millstones and the hardmans have been coming in since i've been here and the hardmans all bring their family and friends up and and it's just really entertaining to me to see the kids come back and yeah. want to see i have a little girl that was seven years old from thomaston and uh she started coming in when she was seven and i started letting her help me i let them move a little lever and that corn fall through the floor and it goes to the hopper where okay. i'm grinding and uh, they think they're doing something and <laughs> and uh and she's been coming and she never forgets my birthday and she's oh, wow. she's like 13 this year wow. and uh but uh, but it's just amazing how they say if you're kind kind to a child, they mm. never forget you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just love teaching. Yeah. I really do. And yeah. I like teaching the old timers as well as the middle aged. Now I may pick on you a couple of times while you're here, <laughs> but but you, you can pick right back. I do real well with people picking back. 
Um, so week to week, is the weekend the predominant time that the mill is actually in operation if the water levels are right and everything? Right. Okay. The weekends is when there's enough people in town uh-huh. for me to wear the, yeah. the components of the old mill. Yeah. During the week, if there's nobody in here, yeah. I have a 1950 model mill we put in in 1989 because of droughts. Okay. No water, no water power. Mm-hmm. And we were selling to companies and restaurants all across the country and we just couldn't tell them well, we'll wait till it rains and we'll send you some grit yeah <laughs> so we bought a night mr ron fane bought a 1950 model mill off of a tractor and we converted it over to a three-phase motor upstairs hmm. in fact that's what i was grinding on this morning until yeah. you got here yeah. jake and and i was mixing pancakes and uh hush puppy mix and but there was only like six or eight people just walked in here this morning so so I'm just I'm fascinated by, uh, I mean, do you, do you guys like know how people find out about you? There's just word of mouth. Uh, I have family. It's like somebody in Wisconsin. Hey, there's this place in Georgia, mm-hmm. in North Georgia. That I we get this from. Well, I have families that come in and they say, "I'm going to take this back to my brother. He runs a restaurant in North Carolina." Oh wow! And so they take it back to their brother. He cooks it, loves it, and he starts ordering from yeah. us. We sponsored the Shrimp and Grit Festival in Jekyll Island hmm. uh, in 2014 or 2015. And we got so many customers down there because they just had never heard of Normal Grits. Mm-hmm. And the Shrimp and Grits are just really phenomenal right now in, in this country. And and we want a high-grade high product. Right. And uh, we bag it individually by hand. There's no machines bagging it and we right. want it to be a high quality product that yeah. you're going to get now the way that they can order 2,000 and 2,400 pounds of grits at a time is we do not put additives and preservatives in our food mm-hmm. additives preservatives and expiration dates showed up in the late 70s they mm-hmm. told us it was going to keep our food fresh mm-hmm. it makes it go bad on the expiration date hmm. you cannot buy a bulk like my grandmother and my father did they used to buy 40 pounds of everything mm-hmm. and didn't go to the grocery store but every two months. Yeah. That's the way they were raised. Yeah. So they put chemicals in their food with the expiration date to make them keep going to the grocery store buying small bags. Mm-hmm. We make more money on small bags. Yeah. We want you to, I want to educate you on how to shop for whole grains. Yeah. And if you like the grits that you taste, we have cornbread cooked in the bag. And if you like that cornbread, people's brainwashed by the food industry to buy small quantities because it's going to go bad uh-huh. ours we have the food industry we have a food distributor out of connecticut there was two thousand three thousand pounds of grits at a time mm-hmm. and they put it as long as you store it properly in an airtight container in a cold place mm-hmm. it'll last forever mm-hmm. there's no we have a family from birmingham that drives here every five year four or five years and takes 190 pounds of cornmeal <laughs> Back to Birmingham, Alabama. Wow. Put it in Ziploc freezer bags, throw it in the freezer, and it'll last forever. How about that? But uh, but it's just learning. It's yeah. a learning thing about learning how to shop for them as well yeah. as the fact that we can ship your brother some in Minnesota right. that can't find grits right. in Minnesota. Right, yeah. And uh, so the, the biggest thing is the Normill website. And that's what Debbie's been in here doing all morning was going through and doing mail orders. And some yeah. days we have a UPS truck full, mm-hmm. and some days we don't have many orders at all. So we just do as it – I grind when it's needed. Yeah. And uh, But on the weekends, I try to cater to the customers because yeah. there's a lot of foot traffic right. in Helen, Georgia. People come weekends. up on the weekends. Mm-hmm. 
odds are they're going to see the milling operation, mm-hmm. be able to experience the mm-hmm. store, all the uh, sights, literally the sights and sounds. And, you know, it's loud, it's loud enough when you go on the back uh, deck like we were. You've got the waterfall and the dam right there. Uh-huh. So give us a, just kind of a, a short history on the dam. You said the dam was, was rebuilt in the 90s. We rebuilt it in the 90s. It was patched in uh, the 80s. Mm-hmm. If you go on, there's a, the movie I'd Climb the Highest Mountain. Part of the, part of it was filmed out back. Back here was okay. uh, Susan Hayward and Rory Calhoun. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the dam in that movie, it's just amazing how rickety it looked. <laughs> and uh, they had boards propping it up. And it's just, but it's a wooden dam. And uh, Mr. Ron Fain not only was a lieutenant colonel, smart businessman, he was a history antique buff. Mm-hmm. And we would travel all over the United States. He had an antique store in town. I was restoring his antique furniture. And he bought me two books written in the 1890s, hmm. How to Build a Grist Mill. And that's where I learned how to build a dam really? from a book written in the 1890s. And I, I had to that. show, I had they used me as a consultant on this one for a guy from uh, MIT Structural Engineer. But he just didn't wow. have, a, he knew physics. I don't know physics. Right. And uh, to the point that he does. And uh, but he just didn't know how to go about building the dam. Wow! And uh, I've just been very blessed, Jake, to be around a bunch of smart old timers, mm-hmm. and my work ethic. And I have a lot of my granny and my mom and my daddy in me that uh, the ability to talk a little bit too much. <laughs> and uh, but I love to talk, and I love to. I, was I say, love. You people. better be able to talk when you got the the uh, longevity and the history and the stories in a pro- in a property in a project like this. Right. I mean, if if you're a, if you're a shut-in introvert, you know no. you know. <laughs> but there's a lot of millers that were that uh, is really in, and the thing is, is when you come in and want a tour, uh-huh. you got to give me a time limit because I can go for thirty, forty <laughs> minutes, and uh, or I can do a quick five, ten minute yeah. tour. But that dam out there, the in the eighteen hundreds, the dam was five foot taller. Mm-hmm. There was no Corps of Engineers. There was no City of Helen. So you could harness that much more water, and it would flood the valley up here, mm-hmm. going toward Helen. And it had a big reservoir of water for drought. Mm-hmm. And so that when it when it wasn't raining, very little water coming down the river, you still had the elevation of the water level. The, the turbine works off the height of the water, not the flow like okay. a paddle wheel does. Okay. So when that water level gets low, you have to use more water to get the turbine. It's internal, mm-hmm. and it's water pressure. And when the water level gets too low, it just cuts off. Mm-hmm. So back in the old days when there was nothing and there was really no guidelines or anything involved, uh, the dam was a lot, lot higher. Okay. And uh, so we've, over the years, have dropped it down because basically the only thing I'm running on it is the old millstones mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's really a fascinating, and it's really, really funny to see real educated people have the hardest time figuring out how it works how it works and, yeah. uh, and a little seven-year-old girl can figure it out in five minutes and that, <laughs> it's like but uh but it's just amazing how enjoyable it is mm. uh so something i like to do before the end of every episode is what i call lightning round which is a question that has nothing to do about anything some of the younger generation are not going to know who either of these two people are uh but i know you do so my the question is titled what about bob and it is a who uh, who is who is the better Bob, Bob Seeger or Bob Dylan? Seeger. Seeger. Why? 
I'm a, I just like old time rock and roll. Okay. <laughs> There's no wrong answer. No. Uh, <laughs> his song, Old Time Rock and Roll, is yeah. a really good song. All right. Um, so the 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 website is N-O-R-A-M-I-L-L, noramill.com. Right. Noramill, one word, dot com. Okay. And same thing on Facebook, Instagram, uh, I assume just Noramill on the website? Noramill Granary on the Facebook. Granary. Okay. And the Facebook and Instagram are Nora Mill Granary, which is G-R-A-N-A-R-Y. So uh, for people who are interested, you've got videos, you've got a lot of pictures, descriptions. but uh, It also as, has order form. And order forms. And I would say for anybody that uh, we've, we've done a couple episodes up this direction, you, uh, you can go uh, with let's see we did unicoi we've done uh jumping goat uh, coffee we've got a couple more that are coming up this direction you can make a a day trip out of it just coming up and doing some of these locations the the hardman farm we did you can stop there as well and uh but it's one of those things you really kind of got to step inside you can look at pictures and it's kind of you know it's neat but when you actually are standing before it and it's three-dimensional and you see it working uh it is i mean it is really just fascinating it is it, to think that someone created this you know effectively in their mind before mm. they did anything else 200 years ago before there was the internet <laughs> among other things well that's where ron was really good at incorporating that new you know the mill's full of antiques yeah and there's a lot of guys that don't like to shop so they walk around looking at antiques while the women are doing go. the shopping there you and, go all the husbands of the world you got but he's to look really at. they've now the daughter joanne uh fane tarpley she's really did a good job on the internet when it first came out and uh and it's just really a, a pleasure to have you here jake yeah. we appreciate you coming yeah tommy it's been great uh we will we will definitely be up we're get, we've got a plan uh, a Helen day up here soon uh, definitely before it gets to be I, I try to avoid Helen in October <laughs> well <laughs> I don't like sitting in traffic I'm not, well a lot do of people well. do you know and it's amazing if you come during the week a lot of shops are closed up town uh-huh. this time of year uh-huh. where you have to come on the weekends okay and uh or you don't get to see the full benefit right see during the week we we this time of year we open late and close early because mm-hmm. of the foot traffic yeah is low. we come in get our orders done ship because some weeks let's see last week we had a, a 2400 pound grid order wow and uh, today there's two little boxes sitting right and that's all we've gotten yeah but uh i've got a 480 pound order going to florida wow uh, monday morning so but come see us hope you enjoy it when you come if you have any questions make sure you holler at somebody and uh yeah we'll try to get your questions out tommy i really appreciate your time you're welcome thanks this is the north georgia life podcast embrace life where you live